Listening Dog Media. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Offside Rule We Get It is brought to you by Continental Tyres. Hello, this is episode 10 of the Offside Rule We Get It, brought to you by Continental Tyres. And I've got to start by saying, Hayley McQueen, happy birthday. Oh, it is happy birthday. So it's our 10th episode, 10, 10, 10, 10. Yes, because not just you, happy birthday. Kate will say happy birthday to you as well. We're two years old, aren't we? We've reached the giddy heights of two. (laughs) Um, This is what we've got coming up on our birthday episode. So as we pointed out, two years old. We'll come to that in topic three because we're going to have a party, girls. And you can have a bit of the guest list, not too much, just three places each, your favourite people in football. It'll be intriguing to see who you say and why. Uh, also, we're going to talk uh, about cross-contamination. You might have seen this story that um, Christian Perslow, who was the managing director at your Liverpool, Kate, where's he moved to? He is, yeah. And he's made the move to Chelsea. Which nobody really saw coming. I suppose people accept this in, in sort of behind the scenes of football, but it happens quite a lot. So we're going to do cross-contamination on and off the pitch, so people that have moved within clubs, maybe to rival clubs. Uh, Sue Smith has got a very final WSL roundup because WSL 2 came to a conclusion at the weekend. Um, so we'll make sure we bring you that. And we're going to start because the clocks went back. Everybody else gets really excited by about this. When I look at my Facebook feed and things like that, everyone's like, yeah, an extra hour in bed. I hate it because it's a sign of the dark winter nights and I suffer from sad. I just love October. It's like kind of cosy nights. I've just bought myself a new dressing gown from Primark as well. So that's when you know the dark nights are coming in. <laughs> and that dressing gown is actually part of our soundproofing yeah. for this record. <laughs> it's true. So topic one is going to be all about that. Stop all the clocks. So rather than going back an hour, we're going to go back in time uh, to this weekend and also back in history. So two examples each of footballers who if you could stop the clock, you would make a different decision for them it's a little bit back to the future isn't it mm. we're gonna we're gonna impact on time and decisions so i'm gonna start with Hayley mcqueen as we always do in these situations um should we should we go with your historical one first okay we're kind of gone back to 2003 when arsene wenger could have signed cristiano ronaldo mm. it's a well-known fact i was reading some of the headlines last month after wenger had been uh, chatting at a dinner and we've seen loads of quotes from Sir Alex and Roy Keane and people recently, haven't we, and Rio from their autobiographies. And a couple have come up from Arsene Wenger about regrets that he had in his footballing career. He could have also, in that same year, signed Yaya Toure. No. He could have. It's quite funny. One of the headlines was, my biggest regrets, and that was in one paper, not signing Cristiano Ronaldo. Again, my biggest regret, in quotes, in another paper, not signing Yaya Toure. So I don't quite know which one he regrets more, probably Cristiano Ronaldo. But it... It kind of makes you think, doesn't it, how the course of history would have changed. What would have happened over this last 10 years? Who would Manchester United have signed instead? How would Arsenal have done? Would they have actually won some silverware? Would Cristiano Ronaldo have flourished under the likes of Wenger as opposed to Sir Alex Ferguson? Because we know a lot of Cristiano Ronaldo and his, his talents now are because of the nurturing through Sir Alex Ferguson. I do wonder, I'd love to just go back in time and change it all. And there's a lot of implications as well for Cristiano Ronaldo living in London rather than Manchester. Maybe he'd have been holed up in places like Mahiki, getting in a bit more trouble than when he was in Manchester. Kate Borsay, yours please. Okay, well I'm going to go back in history to when Luis Suarez joined Liverpool. Um, One of the big regrets for me, and it's not just the fact that we've lost a brilliant player, it's for me, what appears to be a complete 
lack of support in trying to sort that player out. Now, I don't know chapter and verse on this. I can only really tell it from the outside in. But when you sign a player who's got a history of biting, you start to address that, don't you? And you don't write it as a one-off. Oh, well, it was a mad moment. He bit, a bit like Tyson biting Evander Holyfield. It was a mad moment. He bit a player whilst he was at Ajax. Now he's our player and the player's doing very well. So maybe it was brushed under the carpet a bit. Maybe it wasn't addressed. Liverpool worked with Dr Steve Peters, completely renowned um, within the industry, not just football, for his work, for his psychological work. Now, when you've got a player with a history of a bite who then bites again, takes a chunk out of Ivanovic, you then have to seriously address that, right? You can tell I'm getting on a soapbox. But you then have to seriously address that because that is not just a one-off bite anymore. This is becoming a problem. So if I was to rewind to one point in time, it would either be when Suarez joined Liverpool or when he bit Ivanovic and what was done by Liverpool Football Club to ensure that he didn't do it again. Lo and behold, he goes off to the World Cup, takes a chump out of Cellini, fancies a bit of Italian this time, as opposed to Serbian and gets banned for four months but not only that Liverpool know that they have no choice but to release him not only that yes he might have gone to Real Madrid but they lose 10 to 15 million quid off his value because he ends up going to Barcelona on a cut price basis so no one's won out of that at all Suarez says he's now getting the help he needs but really he should have had that help two or three years ago Liverpool have lost out financially and they've lost a great player as well I've got um, we all know that very predictably I would say let's rewind the clock back to when Mick McCarthy was sacked. I was just about to say, long live Mick. There's going to be Mick in here somewhere. But I am going to skip over it. But that's a given, right? I would hold on to Mick McCarthy. Are you going to rewind to the point where your mum was going to go out with Mick McCarthy and he he could have been your dad, but it didn't happen? And that's just crazy silliness. (laughs) Uh, My mum doesn't go for people like Mick McCarthy. My dad's a very short man. (laughs) No, we won't. Um, It's your type instead. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But what I would say is that uh, obviously Mick McCarthy was let go by wolves and I will always be devastated so I'm going to skip over that fact and go for something else um, I didn't want to get abuse so I'm going to go with Sean Wright Phillips whatever happened to Sean Wright Phillips mm. what is at QPR but do we see much of him nowadays he was this He's so tiny we don't see him anyway <laughs> <laughs> he is yeah um, he had all this great prospect with England at one point um, certainly should be in, in a top six Premier League side you would have thought He's just gone wayward and it's a little bit like a few players that go to Chelsea. I'm going to blame Chelsea a little bit here in the sense that they stay there. They try and see it out. They maybe go for the money. They don't get played as much. Confidence drops. And then we see time and time again, these players just dwindle down the leagues. And where will Sean Wright Phillips end up? He's now at QPR, but he's not really getting much time there. I do worry for a player like that. Um, So what I would say is I would go back to the point where he persisted at Chelsea. I can understand why he would make the move initially. Chelsea comes calling, I suppose you have to go. But when it's not working out, I think he should have made a savvier move than what he did and he should have left earlier than he did. Uh, How about currently then? So looking at this weekend, Hayley, if you were to stop the clock at any point in the weekend just gone, when would you stop it? Just before Gutierrez scored a goal, or even before Amiobi actually for Newcastle, I'd like to have seen what would happen with Newcastle at the moment. Because we all know Mike Ashley's been very busy with Rangers right now. But what's happening at Newcastle? They would have been in the bottom two had they not have picked up that really important three points. This is a man now, Alan Pardew, who's had, I think he's had seven lives, hasn't he really? That's pretty much how it is. 
You just wonder who the first managerial casualty is going to be in the Premier League as well when you look at the situation. QPR, of course, beat Aston Villa in the Monday night football. Villa are level on points with Newcastle. You've got Burnley at the bottom, almost to be expected. Crystal Palace as well with all the changes to be expected and maybe Leicester as well. Sunderland, a bit of a surprise in there. We know that Fernandez said he's sticking with Harry Redknapp, but I just think with Alan Pardew, when is it going to happen? So to juxtapose that, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to say from this weekend, likewise, let's rewind to Man United, and Percy's goal, equalising at Chelsea. I wonder if that hadn't have happened, if we rewind the clock and stopped that goal going in, what would have happened with Van Gaal, eh? Well, they would be level on points with Newcastle. <laughs> That's the problem. That's what would have happened. Uh, Kate Bosey. I haven't gone with a player. I've gone with a referee instead. He was a little bit naughty. Mark Clattenberg. What was he thinking? Referees are not allowed to travel to and from games on their own. They have to be with their assistants. Uh, the assistants have also got to be present post-match for any discussions with managers. Not only did Mark Clattenberg leave West Brom Crystal Palace after refereeing there to make his way to an Ed Sheeran concert... <laughs> On his own. Um, But he also decided to have a conversation on the phone with visiting manager Neil Warnock on the way home on his own as well. Quite what on earth induced him to have this absence of mind. I have no idea. I I think it's completely bizarre. When you know the rules... You've been ref. I mean, he's thought of as one of the top refs in this country. Okay, the guy does the World Cup. You know, he's our number one man. Yeah, he runs off to go to an Ed Sheeran concert on his own after a game and phones the visiting manager. I just, it's just bonkers. There could have been quite a football contingency there because I saw that Wayne Rooney tweeted a picture of him and Ed Sheeran. He was at the concert. Oh. I'm just saying, just saying, the plot does thicken. Um, I'm going to give you one more on this. Um, I just thought Leeds, let's let's rewind the clock. Let's rewind the clock to the full-time whistle uh, as Wolves defeated Leeds 2-1 at the weekend. Always nice to to go on a Wolves win. Um, Let's go and speak and say, don't do it, Neil Redfern. Don't verbally agree that you're going to take on the job. This is an owner with a Chilino who's got through four bosses in five months. Um, And now Redfern's looking to replace Darko Milinic. He was a temporary manager earlier this season where I thought he did a brilliant job. He got 10 points from a possible 12. That wasn't deemed good enough. What on earth is then? Why would you go back for more? So I would run in and say to Neil Redfern, just don't do it. We'll move on to topic two, cross-contamination shortly. Um, I know that Kate Borsay thinks that's a quite a funny topic. I think you've been reading too many reports on Ebola. Really? Okay, sorry. Um, First of all, anyway, before we get on to that, we're going to hear from Sue Smith with her final WSL roundup. And she actually was involved in this because she plays for Donny Bells in WSL 2. Promotion was up for grabs and she was right in the thick of it. Sue Smith's WSL roundup. Brought to you by Continental Tyres. Hey, everyone. Here's my weekly roundup from the Women's Super League. Don't be too upset now, but this is going to be my last one for this season, unfortunately. After the dramatic finale of WSL 1, where three teams could have potentially won the title, Liverpool, the outsiders, who were third place at the start of the day, beat Birmingham and Chelsea in the race to retain their title. It was a fantastic end to the season. So we were hoping that WSL 2 would be exactly the same. And last weekend was the actual final of WSL 2, And this also went down to the wire. It was between Sunderland and my team, Doncaster Bells. Sunderland were two points ahead of us with Millwall to play. So basically, they had to win the game and they would win the league. 
We had to play London Bees, who are currently bottom of the table, conceding a lot of goals. But we knew that we had to be professional, beat London Bees, and then hope and pray and, and see what happens in the, in the Sunderland result. Because even a draw would have done us, as we had such a superior goal difference. We won our game 9-0, which was fantastic. But Sunderland also beat Millwall 4-0. So this meant that they were crowned champions. It was a really strange feeling at the end of the day to have actually won a game 9-0, but we were all absolutely gutted that we wouldn't be promoted this season because that was our aim at the start of the year. We wanted to get promoted and because that didn't happen, it was a, it was a very quiet bus journey home. I've got to say congratulations to Sunderland. They've been really consistent all season and both myself and everyone at Doncaster Bells wish them luck in WSL 1 next year. Now it's time for us to rest up and regroup before we start pre-season again around December time. I'm going to Barcelona as well this week for a a well-deserved break, I would say. So I've got to say bye for now and hopefully see you all soon. Oh, and P.S. Don't forget to watch England Ladies on the 23rd of November at Wembley against Germany. It's going to be a fantastic occasion and hopefully England can get the win. Thanks very much to Sue. I hope she enjoys her time in Barcelona. I had one of the best holidays of my life in Barcelona. I have to say, she's going to have some respite, come back for training in December. I prefer Madrid. Do you? Yeah. I'm a Barcelona girl. Thank you from us too, Sue. We should say a a group thank you for providing us with such wonderful women's football updates and they'll be back next year. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Sue. Thank you. (laughs) And a reminder as well, if you missed our Continental Cup final special, I suppose it's worth one final reminder that you can download that via iTunes and go to audioboom.com. We did a special where we recorded it there. It was very rainy that day, as it is this day. Follow us on Twitter at Offside Rule Pod and like our page on Facebook. Simply type in the Offside Rule We Get In. There's only one of us. Uh, we'll move on to topic two then cross contamination. <laughs> now I'm feeling like a real scientist since you've pointed that out, Kate. Um, you may have seen that uh, former Liverpool managing director Christian Perslow's moved over to Chelsea. Got me thinking of other examples, so on and off the pitch, where people have moved from one club to join a rival. Uh, think up two examples each. Let's keep these quick, mix it up a bit. Uh, I'll start with Kate this time. Well, I'll quick fire through a few of these. One of the most famous, of course, when you talk about this subject, you can't not think about Sol Campbell as well, just for the sheer surprise, the sheer drama factor of Sol Campbell leaving uh, Tottenham, where he trained since he was a youngster and going to Spurs. And no one knew, absolutely no one knew. And there was a press conference held in Walks Arsene Wenger and then Sol Campbell was revealed. And there was a collective gasp, I think, all over the footballing uh, media here in the country and for the fans as well. They never, ever forget gave him but for the pure shock factor I've got to mention that one Arsene Wenger makes a few appearances in this podcast I'm going to go down that route as well and seeming as Hayley said at the beginning didn't you about all these headlines you know I wish I hadn't done this here's another one that he's since admitted he said he wished he hadn't let Ashley Cole go Mm. that move from Arsenal to Chelsea and Cole being outraged at a possibility of only being handed a £55,000 a week contract at Arsenal Chelsea paid him the money that he thought he was due and he moves across so another Wenger moment the question is would Wenger have actually been able to hold on to Ashley Cole because that would have meant taking a very large squeaky padlock off a very old rusty chest and Mm. giving him a little bit more money. (laughs) Yeah, it certainly was squeaking back then, wasn't it? Really big one, which I I didn't want to avoid, Mo Johnston, because if you're going to make a move, Celtic to Rangers surely is the one you don't make. I imagine he had a few death threats after this. Um, He had lots of success for Celtic in the mid-80s, then signed
signed for Graham Sunet's Rangers uh, not too long afterwards. One of the only players that I could find that's made that move, Celtics mm. Rangers. Yeah, it is quite controversial, especially when religion plays a part as well. And Carlos Tevez would actually disagree and say that actually the rivalry isn't there in Britain. Well, he just needs to have a little look back into the history books. Uh, Mo Johnson and the rivalry between the likes of Rangers and Celtic, Leeds and Manchester United, uh, and a lot of the rivalries up and down the country, um, Liverpool and Everton, although that's not quite as bitter as others because of the community in Merseyside. Uh, but Carlos Tevez is mine at Cross City contamination. I was so disappointed when he made the move to play for City. He's one of these players and he did great things for United. I don't remember him for that. I remember him for being a traitor. A real traitor. <laughs> he's in the news actually. Yeah, he's in the news at the moment because he's actually been called up to the Argentina squad for the first time in 3 years. He scored Eight goals in ten games at Juventus. Mm. Paul Pogba as well, doing wonderful things there. So big up to Paul, former Manchester United player that, of course, United let go. He's just signed a new contract. Absolutely devastating. But Carlos Tevez, he said recently, and I can't believe it, I spent six years in Manchester. It didn't matter that I played for two different teams. It's not like Buenos Aires where it would be trouble for me if I said that playing for Boca or River was the same thing or even here in Turin. Like, seriously, does he not understand? He said, I won a lot of trophies in the world. I was champion in Argentina, Brazil, England and both Manchester clubs. Well, you might be proud of it, Tevez. We certainly aren't. I've had more ups and downs and I accept the rules of the game. If you win, you're a phenomenon. If you do not succeed, you're criticised and sometimes the critics are right. Weirdly enough, in a roundabout thing, he'll be coming back to play at Old Trafford. I wonder if many Manchester United fans will turn up to watch Argentina and cheer him on. He'll also be going back as well to West Ham where it all started because another friendly game for Argentina is at Upton Park. So he's in the news for that this week. He really bothered me. Didn't like him anyway as a Manchester United player because he wasn't a very nice person. And I don't mind saying that on record. So there you go, Tevez. Na, 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 na. <laughs> na, 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 na. Um, Who wants to go first with... This has turned into a counselling session where Hayley just gets it all off her chest. <laughs> <laughs> who wants to go first then with um, off the pitch? I've kind of got one in that it's not a football player, it's a football manager. Harry Redknapp surpasses most people in terms of making U-turns between rival clubs. Um, resigned from Portsmouth in 2004 to join South Coast rivals Southampton. Couldn't keep them up, couldn't sort the team out, fell out with the chairman, decided he couldn't handle it, resigned and uh, joined Portsmouth just over a year later. Well done, Harry. From rival to rival, back to other rival. That actually links really nicely to mine because I've chosen Milan Mandaric, who, of course, Harry Redknapp managed under him as an owner. Um, Look at this for a club owner. Three clubs, Portsmouth, Leicester City, and now at Sheffield Wednesday. He wanted to be a chairman for two football clubs at the same time. He would have happily have stayed on at Leicester City and been a chairman at Sheffield Wednesday. But there is a rule in the Football League that says you can't represent two clubs at the same time. So he stepped down from Leicester. But yeah, he's one of those owners that will move around. I'm sure he'll buy up another club somewhere and bail them out after Sheffield Wednesday. I've got a couple of quickies for you here. Alex McLeish going from Birmingham. <laughs> oh, I miss his. Uh, Alex McLeish going from Birmingham to Villa. Uh, that wasn't a particularly popular mood. And I can't say that Blues fans didn't sneak a wry smile when McLeish failed miserably at Aston Villa. Um, the really famous one, and I'll mention it just in case we've got a few younger listeners. Um, Luis Figo going from Barcelona to Real Madrid. You know, two huge rivals. Um, went in 2000 for £40 million from Barca to Real Madrid. Returned a couple of seasons later to the new Camp. How did... 
his old fans. How did the Barcelona fans welcome him? Well, with a pig's head and several other items thrown onto the pitch. Welcome back, you traitor. (laughs) Uh, We're going to talk about reactions to losing now. In Twitter Topic of the Week, Sean Thorne is rounding up some of your suggestions of just shock horror when your team's not done that well. Twitter Topic of the Week. Twitter Topic of the Week this week, we've been asking you to come up with your favourite reactions to defeat on the pitch. Now, Sonic has gone for when Mourinho told the Chelsea fans to keep their chin up after missing out on their third consecutive Premiership title. Uh, Roscoe's gone for the Rangers fans' reaction to missing out on a tenth consecutive Scottish Cup win. Uh, Roscoe says that every Rangers fan to a man stayed at least an hour after the game. Uh, Alan's gone for Samuel Kufo's reaction to losing the 1999 Champions League final. And he said he almost felt sad for him, which is quite a lot from a man of steel like Alan. Uh, Peter's gone for Gallus's sit-down protest against Birmingham and Scott's gone for Arsene Wenger throwing his water bottle on the floor and then completely covering himself with water afterwards. I'll tell you what, Arsene Wenger's not having much luck on this podcast uh, this week. That's all for Twitter Topic of the Week this week. I've been Sean Thorne and I will hand you back to the girls. Thank you very much, Sean. For that, we'll have another Twitter Topic of the Week, so keep your eyes peeled on at Offside Rule Pod on Twitter for our next one. Um, Happy birthday to us is next. Have we got any cake, girls? You know what? This is the one podcast and we don't have something to eat. (laughs) Well, Kate swallowed a football, as we can all see. She's full. (laughs) Um, We're going to celebrate in a different way. We're going to plan a party, girls. Um, And we can have three guests each, all football, your favourite people in football. Um, I know that it's only a short guest list. I thought we'd make it a little intimate affair. Is that all right? Mm -hmm. If we'd have got more than three guests, then we'd go over our 30 minute limit and our editor wouldn't like us very much. So we'll go with this. Your three favourite people in football who you can bring along to our party and why. Starting with Kate. I was just thinking about music, actually. Should we set the scene with some music? What do you think? The John Barnes rap? Do you think the world in motion? Yeah. Something kind of football-y themed? Or, uh, I mean, we could could go for the classic Three Lions, but I'd I'd like to get some sort of music in there as we set the ambience for this. Um, I'll give you a couple of my guests. This one's a bit of a journo crush, actually. And 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 you two know Henry about this. No, it's not Henry Winter. <laughs> it's someone who I love listening to. And oh, it's Tim Vickery. I lo- it's just. I'm I'm sorry, but I just love Tim Vickery. It's a journo crush. It's nothing more. I'm happily attached with a child on the way before anyone starts tweeting Tim Vickery. Um, I just find him so interesting to listen to, and he talks about South American football, which is something that I don't necessarily know everything about. Of course I don't. But I can never fail to be interested in his stories and the way he recounts it and the way he broadcasts it. So just for my sheer fact that he's my Geno crush, I've got to have Tim Vickery there. I don't know, I don't know what his dancing's like, by the way. Already I'm not enjoying this party because you're just going to be holed up with him in a corner talking South American football all night. This is going to be really interesting for me and Hayley. Tell me you've got someone better. Martin Tyler, I think, would be a good one. Lovely voice, lovely Martin. I want to have a party, an actual party. Is he going to commentate? Yeah, throughout the evening, the dinner, everything. He will just provide us with the running commentary of the night. And then when the next day, and we all wake up, we're hungover, we don't know what on earth's happened, we can go to Martin and he can tell us in glorious tones. You make up your own mind, listeners, on who's going to have the best party if the three of us separated. Because I'm going to bring in Peter Crouch. He's going to do his robot moves. He's going to bring along Abby Clancy. She's going to teach me some Strictly dancing.
dancing because I love Strictly Come Dancing. There used to be pudding left. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to be on the dance floor all night. Uh, this is the way that, come on, someone got anyone more exciting than you're just going to talk to them in a corner all night. Well, if I was to bring three people, as you mentioned, these three people would provide my entertainment. Mm. I would have to bring, bring Zlatan Ibrahimovic because even though it was my birthday, he would actually probably make everyone think it was his birthday. But I wouldn't mind um, that. Our birthday, babe. Our birthday, sorry, yeah. <laughs> um, he, I'm like Ibra, aren't I? I am Zlatan. Yeah. Ronaldo and Messi and just sit them together and argue out who they think is the greatest. Because obviously Ballon d'Or at the moment, big talk when that is, you know, the top player will be announced in January. I think it's going to go to Cristiano Ronaldo. We know Ibrahimovic isn't even up there. But just him and Messi and Ronaldo, um, Ibra just all chatting it out, arguing. I really hope Messi wears that silvery suit that oh. he wore a couple of years the ago. Snooker look. Yeah, yes. that dotty one as well, yeah, the yeah. spots on yeah, it, I'd brilliant. Be, I was so upset if he doesn't wear a shiny suit. <laughs> I'm going to bring along Farrah Williams, England yes. player and plays for Liverpool ladies. I spent quite a lot of time when I was at Liverpool TV with the Liverpool ladies squad and she was always the one cracking the jokes. The girls loved her. She just seemed like the life and soul of a party. So I'd get her there to see if she can live up to my billing. I'm going to bring the whole of the Colombian football team. Beat that. Uh, you've only allowed three. <laughs> well, listen, Collective. collectively, didn't they do some brilliant dancing during the World yeah. Cup? Yeah. Uh, not only, well, in, in fact, it featured in quite quite a few of their games. When they went against the Ivory Coast earlier on, uh, when they were defeated by Brazil and they went home to Colombia, they even did a little dance then. They became well known for it. And I'd like them to teach us how to dance in that Colombian way because there's a whole lot of hip circling, a whole lot of bottom wiggling and some little kind of zhuzhy moves with the arms as well, almost like they're... I don't quite know what they're doing. They're almost going into a kind of big fish, little fish type move. Um, I but I just I don't think it's that. <laughs> <laughs> but I just thought, I just thought for dancing, you've got to have the whole of Colombia. You've gone up in my estimations now because I can just see myself on the dance floor with the Colombian football team. Can I just tell you about the World Cup and a dinner party that did actually happen at the World Cup? At the final, there was a room with a few tables in it with special guests. Imagine this, Giselle Bunchen supermodel, sat alongside Carlos Puyol, Daniel Craig, actually James Bond, yep, Shakira and Wycliffe Sean, Adriana Lima, who's a Victoria's Secrets model with um, Pires, Ashton Kutcher, Fabio Cannavaro, Christian Vieri was there with Lota Mateus, that's right, and LeBron James. Not only that, the German Chancellor, Angela Merkel and Vladimir Putin as well. My goodness. This is making me feel like our second birthday party's a bit low no. below par now. Nobody would want to sit next to Seth Blatter. Though. You'd be like trying to avoid that seat. You know, when you get to a restaurant late and you, you kind of work out who you want to sit next to, he's the one, oh, no. Well, you both had your ones that you're going to sit down and talk to all night, so I'm going to put oh, mine in. Maybe we invite Seth Blatter and maybe we invite other people. We could get watches. They would give us watches, wouldn't they? As a gift. A birthday um, can gift. I, can I just, we're not having Seb Blatter anywhere near it because okay. he's odd. He'll start talking about football in space again. Yes. Um, so as you're having your chats, you're having your chat with Tim Vickery. You're having your chat with... Tyler. Oh, yeah, Martin Tyler. Um, I'm going to have my chat with Brad Friedel. Um, I met him this week. In fact, he's, he's actually done us a little jingle for one of our Euro shows. And he's a really lovely guy and I've got some great stories. I think he's a bit of a male gossip. And I love that. In, I love that in a footballer. So I'd get him along. Um, and that's the guest list full, girls. And also time out. So thank you very much for our second birthday. Can I just say, I only had two guests, Columbia Football oh. Team and Tim Vickery. But you had the whole team. Do you want one more? Go on. Can I have Bill Shankly, please? 
Just because I'm a Liverpool fan. Are we resurrecting fan? people? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, complete football obsessive, but also really, really witty and sharp as well. So I would like to know how Bill Shankly translates himself mm. from football personality, football hero to party guest. We'll allow you that. Uh, thank you very much for listening to our second birthday episode. Uh, remember, you can follow us on Twitter at Offside Rule Pod. You can actually go and read loads of different footballing articles about European football, but also the Premier League, lots of things like the Offside Daily that we release, OffsideRulePodcast.com for that. Like our Facebook page. I haven't mentioned that for ages, but we're, we're 1,050 likes and slowly creeping up all the more. Uh, so go there. And we've got our Euro shows next week. Two new Euro shows along with the main podcast so we'll be back for those and we'll see you next time happy birthday to us listen to the offside rule we get it on audio boo itunes and via our website offsiderulepodcast.com